Welcome to the May Contain Wine Podcast, brought to you by Wine, Women, and Wellbeing. I'm your host, Lisa Webb, and together we're going to get to know incredible women doing all kinds of interesting things. So grab a glass and get ready to be inspired by the amazing women in our global community. In today's episode, we are talking about following your heart and your creative spirit to find your entrepreneurial journey. If you like this episode, please leave a review, share it with a friend, tag us on Instagram, and if you are looking for some support on your entrepreneurial journey, head to winewomenwellbeing.com and click the mentorship button to find out more. Hello, my friends. Today I have with me Sahar Tibet, who moved to Canada 22 years ago from Lebanon. She is passionate about traveling, meeting people from all walks of life, and collecting experiences from all over the world. She recently started her company, One Bite Box, as a mental health outlet. Sahar is known for being a champion for women, living in the moment, and trying to make the best of what life has to offer. Hello, Sahar. How are you? Hi, Lisa. Thank you for the nice intro. It's so nice to have you here. And it's nice for us to have a little visit for me to see you, even though everyone else can't. I get to see your face. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay, so I want to back way up um, because we have the travel bug in common. You and I, we've both lived in various different places and do a lot of traveling. So you are originally from Lebanon. We're going to talk a little bit about your coming to Canada. But first, before we go to the Canada part, can you tell me your favorite? What's your favorite childhood memory of growing up in Lebanon? Um, or you can have more than one if you want. Yeah. You know what? This is, I have a funny story about that. I remember once, um, in high school being asked like, what's your favorite childhood memory? And, uh, I'll tell you what I said. And I kind of said, Oh, you know, my favorite thing was, you know, we would go to this like hill next to my house and I live in the mountainous part of Lebanon. So lots of nature and hiking and all that sort of stuff. And I'd say, oh, one of my favorite games was when my uncle would tell all the kids to go looking for empty cartridges, shells, like different colors, different things like that. And I I remember it being as like such a fun thing, right? Treasure and of course, hunt. for the adult very casual about it and of course if you think about it from an adult's perspective great like let the kids go play outside get letting go hunt for <laughs> things and so I remember telling the story and everybody looking at me in class like oh my god what kind of childhood did you have like this is <laughs> this is your funnest childhood story but I always like to repeat it because yes I did grow up in a place um where there was like you know 18 20 years of civil war but most of my adult life, I lived in Canada. I turned, I came to Canada when I turned 17. And so for some reason, when you're a kid, your, your ideas of these kind of places are not as scary or as, oh my God, as what other people think about, because from a kid's perspective, nobody's working. Everybody's kind of huddling together, eating together. You know, you're Mm -hmm. not clicking that that's the case because there's a war going on outside kind right. of thing. <laughs> yes. So 
we're very, so it's we're still very like, privileged in Canada to not have to know that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's still my still my favorite childhood game because I did it with everybody, all my neighbors, uh, my cousins, everybody around. So it was fun. so it's good memories because <laughs> the people that you were with. Okay, exactly. So, so now we're fast forwarding. You're 17. It's hard to be 17, no matter what. 17 is a really hard age just to get through that period can be challenging and difficult. And we have so many emotions and all these things. And you're dropped into a new country at 17. Totally. What does that feel like? Um, The first, I mean, I difficult for sure. I was definitely homesick, not for like the country itself, but again, like your friends, everything you've known. Um, my idea of Canada was literally what I would see in like sitcoms. And so I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm entering, going to this place where I'm going to go to these high schools where there's going to be like the popular kids and the mm -hmm. cool kids and the whatever. And like, how, like how well am I going to do um, in that with that? But, you know, I, we managed and it helped kind of when we came to Canada, we moved to Francophone school. So the experience was a little bit on a smaller scale. I didn't have the experience of like having grade 12s with like, you know, 200 students. There was like nine of us. So it kind of was much more intimate and smaller. So it was fine. At the beginning of it, my biggest challenge was telling uh, French kids to not speak to me in English because I was new to Canada and didn't know English other than, you know, Backstreet Boys songs and Celine Dion. Like that <laughs> was like, what if I we, came If you want to talk, with. we're going to have to talk lyrics here, kids. Yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. And other than that, it was just kind of, um, you know, ad adjusting to uh, Canadian French accent and that sort of stuff. And hey, now I got it all under control. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so we met because you have been a big, big supporter of wine, women, and well-being, And we're so grateful to have you in our community. So for people who don't know, you started your entrepreneurial journey. You are the owner of one bite box, you have this beautiful charcuterie company, but can you tell us a little bit about the how and the why behind starting that company? Um, I've always wanted to do something uh, I've always been creative, like I've always um, used to do music and uh, singing and arts and just totally tapping into my creative side. And just like everybody else, we grow up to be um, adults who have to, you know, have responsibilities and pay bills and you do rigid jobs. And uh, I kind of through COVID, especially like I wanted to tap back into the creative side um, just as a to stay positive, mental health outlet. So that was one of the main reasons. Whenever I did do charcuterie trays at my house, any my the, the top comment that I get is, oh, we don't want to touch it. We just want to look at it. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> just true. like you got to dig in and eat it. So I just kind of started it just like that, you know, just as a, um, I, I do believe when you're cooking with food or when you're preparing something like just, your intentions and having like a clear mind and just doing it with love. Like, you know, they always tell you, Oh, it has something else that tastes different. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I want to kind of show through my food. And um, yeah, that's, that's why I started it. That's a little bit of your culture coming through too, because you, your culture, you love food, you love to eat, you love to 
um, to totally. cook amazing food um, in Lebanon. So I feel like that comes through in what you do. And um, I've been reading a lot. I read a lot, I'm a learner. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of these books like Big Magic and Find Your Unicorn Space, it talks about finding something that you love to do, find a creative outlet. And so you're really lucky to um, have been able to find your creative outlet, turn it into a job. I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm going to sing your praises here for a minute because um, no big deal. But for those of you who know this um, lovely lady named Elizabeth Gilbert, I happened to be at our uh, women's leadership conference and I was in the green room with Elizabeth Gilbert and dinner was running a little bit late and we were waiting, we were hungry. And I was like, Oh, we have Sahar charcuterie. And so I went and I got her the one bite box charcuterie cones. I passed it. And so Elizabeth Gilbert, myself, Dr. Jody Carrington, were sitting in the back room and we're eating this. And they were like, Oh my God. And Elizabeth Gilbert, this is amazing. This is like a Christmas stocking. It just keeps going and going. Awesome. And, and she was just like, so in love. And she's looking at the label. What is this one bite box? this is fantastic. So I was, and I'm just sitting there going, Oh, so I can't wait to help tell Sahar. She's going to love this. Um, so, I mean, you, you've got some big fans. And, and that's about the best compliment that anyone could give me because I feel like the, the, the thoughtfulness behind, uh, OBB or one bite box ha has come through. Like for her to say that it, it's like a, a stocking, you know, that, you know, you kept getting more and more and that's, totally something I believe in and I try to carry through in whatever uh, job or whatever it is that I'm doing in life. Like definitely that abundance mindset. There's, there's more, I don't like to operate from like a scarcity point of view. And I just, I, I love that that was her comment and yeah, totally unprompted. And yeah, you heard I know. It, like, this is like direct, direct into my ears. So it wasn't, Oh, so-and-so said this and that. No, I heard it. And I was like, Lisa, take note, take note of this. Um, cause I was just and, so happy for you because I know, um, I know how giving and generous you are and how much love goes into what you do. So it really shows. Thank you so much. And so all, all of these wonderful things, and it's all, it's all great when Elizabeth Gilbert is loving on your charcuterie, but as an entrepreneur, we, a lot of us know it's not all roses. There are some hard times. So what are some of the challenges that you've had as an entrepreneur that maybe you weren't expecting? Uh, I'm learning, I'm literally learning them as I go. Uh, mostly, uh, I think everything evolves around mindset and whatever you, you're going to do. But a lot of it is like, you know, maybe sometimes knowing when to say no to certain things, when to say yes to other things. And it's just like a learning curve with that. And people oftentimes, they say to me, oh, like, we love your reels. We love your Instagram. Like, what's your kind of... Um, you know your strategy or your social media strategy and it sounds silly but I'm like oh I'm just going off of vibes you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> I click with yeah just going off the vibes you know just keeping it light keeping it happy um, I, I love to collaborate with people and being inclusive of people I in general don't have the mentality of like like I would love to even collaborate with other charcuterie artists in town I totally don't view it as a um my business, my competition versus someone else. That's to me that 
totally sounds like saying, oh, you know, we have a doctor in town. No other doctors can be available. You know, we've met our quota. So to me, that sounds exactly the same. It's an it's a artistic, creative process. You're never going to get the same product from two different businesses because you're bringing who you are into it and your experiences and whether that's traveling languages, different cultures, whatever it is. And you always have people who will, you know, jive with you and some who don't. And that's totally cool. Like that's, that's what makes it amazing. Okay. So you might've just answered that, but what do you think the best part of your, of having your own business of this experience in having your own business? What's the best part for you? Um, to me, it, the, the part that where you don't have to box yourself, here's one by boxing. I don't want to be boxed, (laughs) but you know what I mean? I, in general, we all want to box people into like into slots. We want to put them in slots and specifically women. We always feel like, Oh, you know, you can do this or this or that. And I try to keep as open mind as possible when it comes to just the unlimitedness, because we, we don't know what we can achieve until we are like literally like trying it right there. And then you're like, Oh shit, did I do that. Oh, can mm-hmm. I, can I, can oh, I you swear like away, that? girl, you give oh, Okay. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself that I, I, I haven't yet. I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. I usually have a sailor potty mouth, but you know, <laughs> you're good. Yeah. So that's my favorite thing is just tapping and in, into different parts of ourselves. And is, is there any, um, is there anything that you think people misunderstand about having your own business or, or any lessons, yes. any big lessons that you've learned totally. along the way? Totally. Be- um, uh, I mean, that's the story. I, I think that like sums up social media. I think in general, I never used to be a person who's onto social media like myself. Literally a year ago, if you had asked me, if you had said a follower, I would have thought somebody was stalking me. And so <laughs> uh, it's a whole new learning curve for me. And uh, even when I decided to to, do- to join social media, I was, and I'm still trying to do it with a certain, um, you know, intent and certain way of like uh, stepping away from it at a certain time. And that is the part I think that people don't get to see, like, you know, maybe they get to see the pretty real or this and that, but the the work and the stress behind it, sometimes you're able to, to put it on social media. And I try to kind of keep it as genuine as possible. I don't want anybody meeting me and thinking, holy, like, you know, she's totally different in real life than how it is on social media. Mm-hmm. I try to be as, as genuine with it, but Yes, sometimes people just see the the beautiful things that you're making and people might assume that, oh my God, that person has their life totally together. They do this. I want to do it. And it's amazing. It's amazing to also be able to show people that, hey, you know, I'm, I always tell people if I can make real, anybody can make reels. Literally a year ago, I had no idea about anything. Social okay, media. so th- let's talk about this for a second because... Yeah, this is the part that people don't think, oh, she makes charcuterie. Okay, awesome. She she can make those little flowers at a salami. Super. That's like, that's mm-hmm. awesome. But the fact that you had to, you if you weren't a social media person, how did you learn that? How did you just dive in? What was the first step? Like, okay, so let, let's let's rewind. I'm, I'm doing a two-part here because now I'm on a tangent. Yes. Like, how did you get <laughs> into the social media? But 
let's go there first. And then I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. How did I get into the social media? Like, how'd you figure um, it out? Because this is my, people just think my, yes, my sister is a great, uh, help and supporter with that. So literally she created Instagram for me. She created like, and I would say, and I would say, Oh, how do I add stuff? And she's like, so hard just click on the plus thing I'm like oh my Instagram is messed up I don't have a plus thing and she's like oh my god so I was like literally that person and I had to rely on her patience and love and kindness and yeah I had to just sort of start learning little by little like watching YouTube videos watching how do you create a reel how do you do this how do you do that and I've I I think maybe it helps me a little bit that I'm a little bit extroverted. I I used to perform and sing in the past, so I don't have like a stage, like a fear from like being on camera or anything like that. So that kind of helps me a little bit. And I'm also totally not worried about somebody not liking my stuff mm-hmm. and like being ridiculed. I'll be the first one to poke fun of myself. So whatever you like it you like it you don't like it skip on to the next thing <laughs> that so. comes back to mindset I think that's that's huge because a lot of people like just to leap into not knowing if you know nothing about social media now you run your business from it so the other thing that I was going to ask in there is when you decided to start one bite box you said like a creative outlet for your mental health but if you hadn't run a business and you hadn't been on social media what was the first step you did because I think that maybe people listening were like oh I have this idea but I don't know. I don't know how to start. I don't know what to do. Like, do you mean before getting on social media? Like how, or just with one bike in, in general, like you have this idea to start a business, then what do you do? With one bite, honestly, sometimes I think part of the idea is just jumping in. Like you cannot wait till everything to be perfected and look into all the rule. I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm a rebel by nature, but I'm not, I'm not just saying, you know, just go, go with the flow and do it. You have to kind of look into, I obviously had to make sure that I'm a certified food handler. I'm handling people's food. I also wanted to kind of set it. Like I never claim to be a catering company. Like you're, you never say never, but I don't see it right now as you know, you're not, you're not going to get a, um, recipes created but one bite because my forte is being able to pair flavors together and present it beautifully more so than I never claimed to be a chef I love working with chefs and featuring their products with me but literally it was that it was one night I just started thinking about names and I was just like "Mm, bite me maybe (laughs) one bite something like that and just started thinking about that and within Two, three days, my sister kept me to, uh, actually, my sister, I give her a lot of credit because as a creative person, I kind of want to be the person that takes three months to think of the perfect name for the business. And she's like, no, you have two days, think of these options and just go with it. Like, whatever. What if it's a bad name and it doesn't work out? So a lot of that, I need the business savvy people to just kind of be like, no, pick this and go with it. Because if it's left to my uh, kind of what Sahar creatively want to do, I would just kind of be like, oh, I'm not in the mood to do a box today. I'm not feeling it. I'm not creative. And it's just kind of, you need the happy mix of both. So yeah, I think there's as some, good, really something and not overthinking things because you can talk yourself yes, out of stuff too, right? Totally, 100%. And then I totally find that with everything. When you 
overanalyzing it, you're like, oh, now I don't like it all of a sudden. And just put it out there and just <laughs> go with it. Yeah. That's kind of like the social media thing too, right? Like if you sit there and you watch your reel or you watch your stories over and over, the sound of your own voice is going to make you crazy. <laughs> and then you will not totally. put it up. So like, and the I'm reels a- that you work on the hardest, like, you know, you and your cousins get the likes on it and that's yeah. about it. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes. it's true. You just never know. You have to just try and see and try again. And I think that your, your, it's obvious your mindset is a big part of it because if it's coming from the right place and you put your heart into it and then you don't get too down on yourself and just keep going. Yes. And I think you cannot, you cannot lose that way because you know what, whether the sound is trending, whether the sound is not trending, I, I put music that I like things that I like it come, it might come off. Sometimes I do worry about that aspect of it. It's like, Oh, is it come, is it going to come off uh, unprofessional, especially running a business? But, uh, but I do feel, especially at this point that my business is, you know, this woman, one woman show, you know, doing everything from the social media aspect to preparing the food, to delivering the food to whatever it is. So I kind of do feel uh, as much as somebody might seem, oh, maybe this is not proper or a certain way that you should not judge a book by its cover and, you know, get to meet the person behind a business. And uh, that's, and that's what that makes us all so great. Sometimes your, your personality is exactly why people want to work with you. So that can work in your favor as well. That's awesome. Thank you. I'd love to hear that. Yes. <laughs> okay. I have some rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. Ooh. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Let's do it. If you could sit down, have a glass of wine or a conversation with one woman living or dead, who would you want to sit down and talk to? Oh, very good question. It's tricky, right? It is because like, there's so many that you could like pick from. Um, actually, it's going to sound weird maybe because it's not a, a celebrity or a public figure or anything like that. But um, one of my favorite uh, humans that I, you know, get to deal with is, is my grandma, my mom's mom, and she's still with us, but I would have loved to even meet her mother because mm-hmm. I do believe in, um, like an ancestral generational things that we bring with us. And I, I often get like, Oh, you know, you're like a, like a, like a, like I'm a five, two, like little firecracker. And like, you could, you could just tell that I'm just like ready to go and all that kind of stuff. And I just kind of wonder where, where, like how far back that came from. I definitely see it in my grandma. I definitely see it in my mom. I see it in my sister, but I would have loved to know a lot more about the older generations. And it's just because the, I, I do have it available to me. Like my grandma is able to tell me about her grandma her mom and her grandma so I'm able to know few grandmothers back but you know you're always kind of want to go even deeper yeah behind because it's just it's just different lifestyle like than how far we've all come across so I think someone like that it would be like really interesting to talk to and like learn things from yeah what is your go-to well-being or self-care practice 
a meditation for sure. Uh, anything and everything. Um, I resisted it for the longest time. Like I used to be one of those people that is just like, okay, I'll start with like yoga and I'll start like not with any yoga. Like it has to be like Bikram just so that I'm feeling something, you know, I need to feel the heat or the sweating or the something. Like you're not going to be able to get me to sit down and like <laughs> just calm and cool collected position. And now I have gone totally the polar opposite where I'm just like, uh, I believe like meditating doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, sitting with your hands on your lap and you're doing your ohms and whatever. It could be that a lot of times, but just being as present and living in the now as much as possible. But um, I that definitely and gratitude, just doing my gratitude and my affirmation that is like like an instant vibrational change in you like you know what I mean mm -hmm. I could literally be having a bad day and I'm like it's okay it's okay like forget about it and like focus on this gratitude and like listen to this for like 40 minutes and it just changes your whole vibe and then Completely it prevents agree. you from going down the rabbit hole of like negativity which we all do favorite book or podcast recommendation Ooh. Uh... Favorite podcast podcast recommendation or book, uh, right now one. or book or book either one uh, actually both of them right now are uh, happening to the, uh, my favorite one of my favorite books is um, the art of love mm -hmm. and it's just um, did I, is it the art of love or art of loving actually I need to reread it it's a very small book but it's just it shows you like different aspects of love and uh, from different perspectives and I actually don't have the book right now it's with my sister uh, but I I'm do love that it. book yeah it's a small book and it's just I don't know I something about it sticks with me for like longer um I do like the art of war as well. Hey, maybe there's a pattern here. The art of war, the art of love, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Um, uh, I'm currently listening a lot to um, the Cali Cardenas podcast. Uh, is a friend of mine that I've just met recently, like a year ago in uh, San Diego. And I just, I resonate, very relatable story, uh, great entrepreneur and just great human in general. And he, he um, interviews any a lot of interesting people and so i love to listen to his stuff as well good okay what does sisterhood mean to you sisterhood means um walking into a place i definitely felt that by the way let me just preface that by saying with wine women and well-being walking into a place where especially with women where you feel the love and the positivity and people cheering each other on. Unfortunately, we live in a world in general, whether it's women or, or men, where you, you are judged right away. You're being every, just again, people want to box you. People want to judge you. People want to just want you to fit a certain way. And especially with women, like when you, when you, like a group of women who jive together, who can pick on each other's thoughts and like, yeah, let's do this, you can take on the world. Like, I honestly believe that. And so I think that's what sisterhood needs, just approaching something, give, giving people the benefit of the doubt, you know what I mean? 
uh, knowing that we all have the same relatable stories and the same struggles to a certain level. And you know what bonds us together is way bigger than the differences that we have. 100%. Last question, what advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? Uh, advice that I would give to my 16-year-old self, definitely to be more chill. I'm still learning that. I have to like actually channel Elizabeth Gilbert every time I say that. I'm like, she said, be relaxed, be relaxed. Like, so I'm just trying to be more and more relaxed. I, just, I do that too, I, you know, after that yeah. talk, I just, she said, relax. Yeah, totally. Because it's just, um, you kind of indirectly, it's not that I want to be on all the time, but it's just like, sometimes I would be so passionate about uh, voicing a, an opinion that you would think like, oh my God, like, did I offend her or anything? And if you really ask me about it, about the topic itself, I'd be like, oh no, I don't actually care about it. I just like, I'm so quick to formulate opinions about passionate. anything and everything super quickly. So I would say definitely listen to the other perspective that's what I would say as a 16 year old self well thank you so much Sahar for being here can you tell everyone where they can find you now that you are an Instagram professional where do they find you <laughs> you can find me at one bite box both on Facebook and Instagram uh, mostly Instagram is the platform that I you know, still learning to work with. And uh, you can call me, you can text me, you can just reach me. I live in Airdrie and uh, I would love to meet you and talk ideas with you. And I love to make customizations for events and that event planning kind of aspects of things. So yeah, any anytime. And thank you for having me. This was thank like you for being here. So chill. Thank you for being such a big supporter of our community and for being a light and just always a positive energy wherever you go. So thank you for being you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, friends. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and recommend us to a friend. Head to winewomenwellbeing.com to find out more about what our community is all about and reach out to us on social media. We'd love to connect. Until next time, stay classy, stay kind.